Welcome to week three of our series, Be Rich. In case you didn't know it this morning, you are rich. Anybody glad to, to get that? Yeah, yeah. You're like, what? Be rich? So if you haven't been a part of this series, let me explain to you what's going on. So we have been talking about how to change our way of thinking, even as the video showed. We've been talking about the reality of our riches in Christ, of who we are. And, and the title of this series is Be Rich. So week number one, we talked about the reality that we really are rich. Like, if, we're, if you live in America, you're, if you're a citizen of this country, if you've been blessed to be able to be here, be able to immigrate, you're born here, whatever it might be, if you're here in America, I mean, we are blessed. Right? Can, I, can I just get amen to that? Like, I know things are crazy right now, right? But we're still blessed people, aren't we? And the fact is that we're actually, we're rich. In fact, did you know that if, you, if your family has a combined household income of at least $44,000 a year, then you're in the top 1% of wage earners in the entire world. I mean, that, that makes you rich, right? And you're like, Jay, I don't feel rich. Like, like I've, if you, see, if you saw my bank account, right? If, if you saw what I, if you saw these things, you would say, I, yeah, I, I'm not rich. But in, in fact, did you know that even in, that the statistic reality is that in Springfield, Missouri, that the median income of households in Springfield, Missouri is $33,000 a year. So there's as many households that make under $33,000 than above $33,000. And we talked about what it would be to be rich, right? And we established, you guys remember what it was? It's more than I have now, right? Like if, we, if you have more, what's rich? Well, it's, it's more than, than what I have now, right? But we, we did, we talked. So, so you may not feel rich, you may, you may not be rich, but but we know that we can be rich in good deeds. And that's what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about being rich in good deeds. In fact, I said at first service that we could be stinking rich in good deeds. This, this is our text. This is the text we've been looking at. First Timothy chapter 6, uh, verses 17 through 19 says this. It says, command those who are rich in this present age. And, and honestly, like we really are. We may not have everything we want. We still may struggle to pay our bills at times. But just the reality of the infrastructure of what we have, of where God has placed us, the reality is that we really are a very, very blessed, very blessed people. And so those of us that are blessed in this present world, he's saying to Timothy, teach, command, exhort, urge, urge them not to be arrogant. He's addressing the way that we think. So we need to think different about money. We need to think different about, about stewarding the resources that God's entrusted to him. So not to be arrogant, nor put their hope in wealth. That our hope, our trust, doesn't, doesn't go in wealth. It doesn't go in that. Why is that? It's because it's uncertain. Like you can't count on, you can't have enough money that would ever keep every possible bad thing from happening ever happening to you, right? There's not enough money for that. So we don't put our trust, we don't put our hope in, in wealth, but we put our hope in God who richly provides. So we don't put our trust in riches. We put our trust in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So whatever we have, whatever God has steward, uh, has given us to steward, that, that's there for our enjoyment, that, that we can enjoy uh, what God has entrusted to us. And he says, command them to do good. And this is where we get the series title, to be rich, all right, to be rich in good deeds to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. That's what we talked about last week, about being willing, about being willing and able to be generous. That we are generous not because we have to. If you're last week, you remember why we give? We give because we 
get to. Right. We don't give because we have to. We give because we get to. So in this way, we lay up treasure for ourselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, but not just for the coming age, but so also we may take hold of the life that is truly life right here and right now. And so this morning, we're going to talk about being rich in good deeds, being rich in good deeds. But to do this, we have to set up a principle. So we have to establish something. I really want to make sure that you get and that you understand. And that is that we are not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. And, and you have a bulletin in your, uh, you have an outline in your bulletin. If you'd like to take notes, it'll help you in your fusion groups. And then, and then also in, in, the, in our app, uh, Grace Church 417, uh, in the app store or the market, you can download that as well. And these notes are, are in there as well. So we are not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. That it's not our works that save us. And there's a lot of people that try to do a good. It's like, okay, when I get to the end of my life, if I have more good than I do bad, then I'll, I'll be able to make it to heaven. I'll be able to qualify. And so they know they've done some bad, so they keep to try to do more and more good so they can, so they can, so they can tip the scale in their favor, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? And so, but, but we see here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 8 through 10, that's not how it works. It says, for it is by grace. Anybody here thankful for grace? Man, I am. <clears throat> for it is by grace you've been saved through faith because you put your trust in Jesus. And this is not from yourselves. You didn't do it. Like you can't do enough that you are sinking so far down that you are, it's like you are sinking, you are drowning. There's no way that you could rescue. There's no way you could save yourself. But by the grace of God, if you've given your life to Jesus, he has, he has reached down and he has pulled you up. He has saved you, not because of something you did, other than simply when he stuck his hand out, you grabbed it. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, he's not your Lord and Savior. Today is the day of salvation for you. He is offering salvation. He is reaching out to you today. All you have to do is respond. It's not by works you've done or works you would do. It's not by any of those things. It is only by his grace. Why? So that we can't boast, right? So we can't say that we did it. We can't take credit for this. Uh, because if we could take credit for getting our salvation, right, then we could get credit for losing our salvation, right? That if it's all based on how I perform, how I do, then wow, isn't that a fragile faith? Isn't that a fragile Christianity? I'm glad that's not what we have. We have faith in Jesus, and it's our belief in Him. It's our trust in Him that has saved us and that keeps us walking with Him. And I'm so thankful for that. And it says here, for we are God's handiwork. He has created, He has fashioned us. He, we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which, you guys looking at this? Which God prepared in advance. So He made, he, he made this divine to do list with your name on it and your name on it, and your name on it. So he has this, he has this work. He has, some, he has his, his, his kingdom that he wants to advance. He has, he has what he is establishing, what, what his agenda is, what his mission is. He has this work, and then he goes, I'm going to create this person. I'm going to create Jason to do this because I need, I need this work done. So he created Jason to do this work. He made, he made, it, he made us this way. He, he prepared these in advance for us to do. So these are the principles of this verse, that God, that good works don't save us, 
that God prepared work for us, that he created us for those good works, and that and we know that we are fearfully and wonderfully made because we were made for mission. Do you believe that? You were made for mission. You were made to be used by God, that you were created to make a difference in this world. And the devil will lie to you. He'll try to convince you that that's not the case, that you don't have anything to offer, that there's, there's really nothing that you could bring to the table. And that is an absolute lie. Because the very fact that you're here today is the, is the, is the truth, is the reality that you have been created. You have been fashioned for works of the Lord. Not to save you, but because you're saved, you now do these works. And so the tricky part is, um, the deal, how do I discover this? How do I move into understanding this? So if God has, this, has these works that he's pre- prepared me for, and if I were to ask, I think this would probably be almost everybody here, if you'd say, if I were to ask you, well, have you arrived? Are you doing everything? that Like, did you feel like, like you have just, you've done everything God has, will ever want you to do? Most of us say like, no, like I'm still trying to discover, I'm still trying to pursue that. I'm still pursuing him and pursuing what he has for me. And so, so we're working towards that. How does that, what does that look like? Well, I can, I can share this with you. There's a secret sauce, right? Okay, there is a secret. There, there really is. There's a secret to this. And, and is anybody here would like to know the secret to discovering this? Can I get one? If I can get five, I'll share it with you. I got to get five, okay? Because this is, okay. This is the secret sauce. I'm not, this is, this is, the secret sauce is say yes. The secret is just say yes. Just say yes to Jesus. I know, it's so simple, isn't it? Yeah, you're like, yeah, it's not quite so simple, is it? It's just say yes. Yes. When the Lord, yes, Lord. Just yes. And I know sometimes it's, Yes, Lord, right? Like, yes, Lord, but it's, but it's still yes, Lord. That, that is the seek, that's what gets us there. And so really, all that I'm encouraging you to do to, is just to be you, to be who God has made you to be because it is beautiful. You are wonderfully made by him. And so just be who God has created you to be. And as you are who God created you to be, then, and as you just say yes to him, it's not like you have to make your future happen happen he is already in your future and and he is pulling you into the future that he has designed for you that's what that's what hope is we hope we have faith in in the lord who's out there in front of us who who has our future in his hands and we put our hope and faith and trust in him we hold on hebrews tells us we hold on to hope in him and he pulls us into the future that he has designed for us. so it's us simply being us and so this is what this, this is what this looks like it means that as you pursue Good deeds that God has asked you to, He's created you to do, simply be you. What are the, some of the fun things that you love to do? I mean, just think, what is it that you love to do? Because God made you to love those things. Like you developed the ability or the skill or whatever it might be to do those things. And, and so you just you do those things. Some of you are really handy at fixing things, right? Like you can use tools and you can fix it. I can't, God, God did not create me to fix like tangible real things, right? I'm just, he did not. I don't have many power tools uh, because I can't be trusted with them. But when I do get power tools out, the family runs, the dogs run, everybody hides because Jay has power tools out and it gets, it gets dangerous. So, so I don't, but some of you, you guys, you guys, gals, you fix things. 
Like you just understand how to take something broken and fix it or build something. Like you, your mind, you work. That, that is a gift of God. Like he designed you that way. And some of you make money doing that. And how great is that? Well, you can make money doing what you're created to do. I mean, that's a very sweet thought to be. But, but, but I think sometimes we may do what we're good at from, from what, nine to five, or whatever hours you work, and then it's, we're like off. But what if we took what we are good at, what God created us for, and we use that to do good deeds for other, others? Because like, right, like our world is broken, right? So God created people with the ability to fix stuff. So there'd be a picture of the Father God who comes and fix the brokenness in our life. And so when there's somebody in your life that has something broken and you help them fix it, like you are showing the heart of God to that person. Does that make sense? And so you're just, you're, 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 you're doing good deeds because we're to be rich in, in good deeds. So some of you like to cook, right? Some of us like to eat, but some of you guys like to cook right? And so cooking is just fun. Like you just cook stuff and, oh, it's not good enough. Oh, this pie's not good enough. Here, I'll throw it away and I'll make another one. And us that are not those good at cooks like they're like, what do you do? You just, you just threw that away. But people that really, some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you are like this, right? Well, if God has put that passion in you, you know, who could you, who could you make food for? Could it be uh, moms that have just had babies? Could it be somebody that just had somebody that passed away? Not just like being nice because the devil tell you, well, that doesn't make a difference. That, that doesn't really make a difference. I'm telling you, when it's done in love, when our good deeds are done in love, it, it, makes, it makes a huge difference. Like that is the power of the New Testament. That's the power in, in the book of Acts. The power of the book of Acts is not just Pentecost. It's not just being people healed. It's actually love that people would give their lives to others, right? And so as we love, we love that happens. I, I think, of, I think of, of, of my daughter, Maddie, who was here last week. Oh, so great having her home. I just loved it was just, it was fantastic. I just loved having her home. So as she was home, um, like last Sunday morning, she, um, she was here for first service, and we were short teachers, and so she went and taught in our five-year-old class. All, she came all the way from San Diego to teach our five-year-old class, right? Well, not really, but she just has a heart to teach. She just loves kids. So Hannah needed a teacher because she had just had a baby, and it was just, it was easy for her. She just loved to do it. In fact, when she signed up, when she registered for nursing school, Heather and I were just like, seriously, nursing school? I mean, we encouraged her, but we're like, we always saw you as a teacher. Well, now she's, in, she's in going to school to be an educator because that's, she was made for that. Does that make sense? And so I was talking to her this last week, and I was talking to her. She, she, so she works at a sandwich shop called Witch Witch uh, there in San Diego where she lives, and there's a lady that she works with who uh, has immigrated uh, to the U.S. from Mexico, her and her husband and their, their four kids. And after they got here, her husband decided to leave. So her husband leaves and goes back to Mexico, right? So there's this lady here with four kids trying to make a living, right? At a sandwich shop, right? So that's, I mean, that's tough. So they're homeless. Uh, they live in a homeless shelter. Uh, they, 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 they check in at night. They stay there through the night and they have to check out in the morning and leave. And they take, you know, the, the older kids go to school and she has some uh, childcare accommodations for the youngest one. But she's trying to work as many hours as she can because if she, you know, the more hours she makes, the more she can help them get in a home and just support her family. And so Maddie worked with her. So Maddie heard about this. And so, and so Maddie just, just out of the goodness of her heart, because that's just who Maddie is. She just loves kids. She's like, well, I'll watch Amy for you. And it's just, it's making such a huge difference in this, in this family. So I'll show you, I have some pictures of Amy. Look at this. I mean, look at this, right? I mean, She's adorable, right? I mean, and so Maddie painted her toes. 
and, and here they're just they're watching cartoons and just hanging out. I mean, she, Maddie's just doing this because that's, that's, who, that's who Maddie is. Like, she just, she loves kids. And, and, and as, I, as I thought about this, it, it, it's so applicable to our, to our lives and how God's made us. In fact, okay, in fact, Maddie contacted the mother, just told the mother, said, hey, you know, we live in a 600-square-foot apartment, right? So we don't have much. We don't have toys or books. Could you, could you send something with Amy just so I have something to play, she'd play with or read with? The only book the mom has for Amy is the owner manual for her cell phone. So she sent the owner's manual to the cell phone so Maddie would have something to read to, to little Amy. Right? Does that not just break? Yeah, it just oh, it breaks my heart, right? But Maddie's doing good, right? She is doing good. She, Maddie is rich in good deeds. And you know how proud I am of her? You can tell how proud I am, right? Like you, you see that, right? But I think it's the same thing for our, our Heavenly Father, that when he sees his kids doing good deeds for other, being rich in good deeds, that he just, I mean, he just like, yeah, that's my kid. Yeah, that's what I created you to be and to do. That's, you're getting it. That's exactly right. So that's the heart, that's the heart of God, the heart of God for us. And so, and so as I'm looking at this, I'm looking at being rich in good deeds. As I look at that, I think we understand like the good deeds part. I mean, good, it adds value. It helps other people. I mean, work, like, so, so what does work mean, right? Work means work, right? I mean, it's complicated, isn't it? So you may start out as being something you really enjoy, but, but sometimes doing good is work, right? And you got to press in and press on, and, and, and you have to be, like it says in Galatians, don't grow weary in doing good, because if you don't grow weary, if you don't give in, if you don't give up, that is the right time in the due season that God will bring a great harvest into your life. And so you hold on to verses like that when, the, when doing good deeds gets tough, and it's when you're going that extra mile, uh, when it's above and beyond. And, and so you, you hold on to that. So, but where, did this, where does this doing come from? Where does it happen from? So I begin to really think of the etymology of, of this, this whole concept of being rich in good deeds, right? And, I, and, I, and so if we've been talking about money, if it's true for money, uh, how, how also would it be true for, for deeds? So, so would you say that it would be fair that if you do not have money, you cannot give money away, right? Like, you can't give something, unless you're the U.S. government, right? Like, like you can't give, if you don't have it, you can't give it, right? True. Is that true? Yeah. So you got to have it before you can give it. All right. Well, how would that, how would that relate to, to, to good deeds? Because if he says, be rich in good deeds, well, being rich is a state of being. It's a state of existence, like being rich financially gives you the ability to then do something. So what, is, what needs to be rich in our life? What do we need to understand? And I think it's greater, much greater than money. What is it that we need to understand? What place do we need to be in before we're then actually able to, to do something? What are we able to do? Does that make sense, you guys tracking with me? Okay, and as you look at that, I began to think of my own life. And so as I try to do good deeds, I want to go about, I want to be rich in good deeds. I, I've, I've been thinking about what is the difference in my good deeds, Jay, who loves Jesus, who's a follower of Jesus Christ, who's a Christian, so what's the difference in my good deeds compared to, not saying better or worse than, but compared to, let's just say a neighbor down the street, let's make up a name, Joe, who doesn't know the Lord, but yet is still doing good deeds, right? Because we like all, like we all know somebody that's a good person, that loves to help others, give you the shirt off their back, right? I mean, they do anything for you, but they don't know Jesus. They don't serve him. Maybe they're trying to earn 
their way somewhere through good deeds or, or maybe not. And everybody, see, all of us have the capacity to want to do good for others because we're all made in the image of God. And, and wanting to do good is part of the heart of God. And so being human is that is, is having a desire to do good to others. Now, obviously, that can become perverted, become hijacked, a hardness and sin. That can be taken the wrong direction. But, but as you look at this, there is, so what's the difference in Joe's good deeds of helping his neighbor out and what's the difference in Jay's good deeds? Or is there a difference? Are they basically the same? What, 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 what's going on? Is, can you compare, contrast, how can you evaluate those? So I began to think about this, began to pray at this, pray about this, began to look at Scripture. What I landed on is that the difference is, is in our being. The difference is, is, in, is, is giving out of who we are. Let me explain it this way. That our being comes before our doing. And that when it's in the proper flow that our doing actually comes out of our beings. That first we're human beings, and then we're human doings. That we're to be rich, that's the being part, that we're in, that's our being, and then our doing good, that is the, that's the doing part. Let me, and if, let me, I'm going to share something with you guys. Just real. This, is, this is a book written, written by Sam Rockwell. And he's actually going to be our speaker next week. Now, what I'm sharing today is not, is not in this book. It's just when I was talking about these concepts, it reminded me of this book that I had read. And, and, and he has, it says, Leading by Being and Doing. And he's, my, he's our district supervisor. He's a great speaker. He's a great leader. Um, and, and he'll be speaking next week here. Like, you do not want to miss this. I'm actually leaving for South Africa in two hours and 23 minutes. And and so I, I won't be here next week, but, but Sam's going to be here in my place. He's going to be teaching. And so I wanted to just really just encourage you to be here. You don't want to miss that. But as I thought about that, I thought, hey, I got a couple of these. This is his book, Being and Doing. I'm going to ask him to bring it. But I wonder if there's anybody this morning that would want this book. Is anybody that anybody here wants this book? All right, here you go, Scott. Here you go. Here you go. Hand that to Scott behind you. There you go. So anyway, that's just a great, it's just a great book, but you can get one next week. Um, so I want to talk about this, this whole concept of being and doing. Let me look at some scriptures to explain this to you. Hey, could you guys, could you guys do me a favor just a minute? Could you guys do it like this? You guys, do, you guys are like, like really like quiet and like serious, all right? So just do it one more time, okay? You give, your, give your neighbor a high five, okay? And we need to loosen up a little bit, all right? Yeah, like you guys can do better than that. Come on. Yeah, there you go. Some of you didn't even do that. Come on, guys. Come on. Like, okay, shake it out, right? All right. Acts 10, verse 38. I know I'm going some deep stuff here, but this is, you're, you're going you're, you're gonna to get this. This is good. Acts 10, 38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he, this, this story tells about how he went about doing good and healing all of those who are under the power of the devil because God was with him. So we see here that Jesus, Jesus here is anointed. This is this being aspect of him. He's anointed with the Holy Spirit, and then he goes about doing good. So there's this, you know, when Jesus was on earth, he, he chose to not access all the privileges of being God. And he ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, he said, I only do what I hear my Father doing. I only say, well, he said, I only say what I hear my Father saying. I only do what I see my Father doing. Does that make sense? And so he would, his, his doing 
came out of this being. This doing came out of this being. See, many times we do things for God, but not from a relationship with God. You know what I'm saying? Like, we'll do things for God, but we're not doing things with God. And we're, what the Lord really wants to do, He wants us to be rich in good deeds. And, and it's not earning our salvation. We're doing it because we are saved. And we're, we're doing His divine, His divine to-do list that He's made for us. But we have to, we, it has to be settled in our heart that we're not doing this for God. That the ultimate place He wants us is to be doing it with Him. That we're doing it out of a relationship with Him. And because Jesus had this such intimate relationship with His Father, the Holy Spirit was upon Him. He was anointed that then He was able to do His mission of what He was called to do. That we actually minister. And that's what good deeds are. And I don't use a lot of like the religious term minister a lot because like it scares people off. And if I were to call you a minister, but all ministry means is serving right? And it's just good deeds. And so as you're doing good deeds, as you're loving others, that that's ministry. And ministry comes out of, out of who you are, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's, that's what becomes the reality. And so, and so as we look at this, we're able to see a pattern in, in Luke's writing. Okay, so Luke wrote the book of Luke, and then he wrote the book of Acts. And so there's this pattern that Luke gives us to help us to operate in this place of being and doing, that we're operating out of relationship. It's not that there's a have to, it's not that we're trying to earn anything. Um, it's this because of our love for the Lord and us understanding his love for us and just how he's made us, he's created us, that we, that we pursue him. And so here's the pattern that Luke gives us. Luke gives us a pattern of prayer, spirit, and then doing. Prayer, spirit, and then doing. Can you guys say those three words with me? Say, say prayer, spirit, doing. One more time. Prayer, spirit, doing. That is, we pray, the spirit comes upon us. And I'm not like hoogly googly stuff, right? I'm just saying like, like the Holy Spirit, he, he, he comes upon us. Like he ministers to us. He gives us direction that he really can do that. And then out of that, we have, a, we have an understanding of what it is that he has called us to do. Let me show you in scripture. I don't think I have these on the slides. I apologize. If you're in our app, uh, there's actually a, a Bible portion in that app. You can go in th- within that app and access the Bible portion. Um, or you can just open your paper Bibles to uh, Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. This is the baptism of Jesus. This is that verse I read earlier. This is really breaking this down um, and explaining this. It says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. Look at this. And as he was praying, heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice from heaven came, and I guess I've just seen too many movies, so when I read the voice of God, I'm going to go deeper, okay? So, a voice from heaven came, you are my son, whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. You see, I mean, you just, right, you just have to. So, so the Lord is like, this is my son, I love him, and I'm well pleased in him. And so we see this pattern here of prayer, of the Spirit coming upon him, and, and notice this. This isn't in every scenario, but it's, it's in this one, so it's paramount, that Jesus understood his identity as the Son of God, of his relationship with the Father. And you and I are children of God. We're sons and daughters of God. And so as we begin to understand our identity in, in him, of who he has made us to be, then that is the place that we minister from. And so from here, then he went into the wilderness for 40 days. And so then he goes into 40 days of prayer and fasting 
The devil comes and tries to tempt him, tries to hijack the whole plan of God. Jesus doesn't fall for it. He comes out of the desert full of the Holy Spirit, right? So we see this pattern. We see this pattern of of prayer encountering God, Spirit moving upon us, and then doing. And then out of that mission comes. And then Jesus left that wilderness and began his mission, began his earthly ministry. And the first stop he has is in Nazareth, his hometown. He goes to his hometown. He goes to his home church. He picks up the scrolls, which was their Bible, and he reads from Isaiah, which was saying that that I am the Messiah. And he began to describe the Messiah, the anointed one's job description, the role of what all this being and doing looks like, of what real, holistic, complete ministry really looks like. And, it was, and he was establishing this not only for him, but he's establishing it for everybody that would come after him, for all of us that are a part of him, that this is our job description, so to speak. This is the description of his ministry, which is also our ministry as followers of Jesus. And so I think you guys are just, I think you're just going to love this. So it's, it's Luke chapter four, verse 18. And this is what he reads. He declares the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. And then look here, this is what our being and our doing is all leading to. This is what the good deeds are all about. It's about these three things. Like, I don't even, these didn't even make it into your notes. So so just write these down somewhere, like grab all, you want the, I'm telling you, you want this. We want this in our life. This is the first thing. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. That holistic ministry, the real ministry that God has called to, it involves proclaiming who Jesus is and what he has done. Amen? That he's a resurrected Lord, that it doesn't have to happen from a pulpit. It can happen across the hood of a car. It can happen in a kitchen. It can happen on a telephone, that you are proclaiming, that you are declaring the good news that Jesus has come to set people free. So the very first thing is a proclaiming. The second thing is a recovery of sight for the blind. That, that's, that's healing. As Stephanie mentioned even this morning in the service, that the Lord wanted to heal people. That that is an expression of who Jesus is. That is that we, we, we hear the truth of who he is, and then he wants to show us who he is by healing people. And so healing is, 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 is different. it's not just something that's in the Bible. Healing is for today because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so healing is such an important part of this. And so our ministry is to, is to declare the truth of who Jesus is, the good news of Jesus, to heal people to see people recover. And then the third one is to release the oppressed. These are, these are the good deeds we're talking about. These are acts of compassion that relieve suffering and oppression in people's life. That, that to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And so what this looks like is that, that, that we are called to, to proclaim the truth of who Jesus is, his resurrection, the opportunity to receive salvation, that we are to heal people, and then we're to do acts of kindness, good deeds, acts of compassion. And when they're all together, that is the sweet spot place of New Testament Christianity. Does that make sense? And so if I were to draw a, a diagram up here, I would draw a big circle at the top and I would write in proclaiming. And I would draw another big circle over here that would overlap a portion of that circle and I would write down healing. And then over here, I would draw another circle that would overlap that would write down compassionate good works. And in the middle of those, those three would all overlap. And that is what God has called us 
to be and to do. That's what it looks like. And I'm telling you what, when that begins to happen in our life, when that begins to happen in our church, I mean, we are talking New Testament, right? Like, can I get an amen on that, right? Like that's, oh Lord, do it in our hearts and our lives. And so, and so let me give you one more verse in this, in this part right here. Acts 4.31, Peter and John had just, they'd been before the Sanhedrin, uh, they weren't executed, they were let go, and they were like, whew. So they're excited, they go back to their church, they go back to their friends, and they celebrate, they worship, and they pray. Um, Acts 41, it says, and after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, right? Like there's an earthquake. I mean, you know, that is a prayer meeting, right? Like when you're praying and the earth begins to shake. I mean, you know, heaven is, heaven is here in it. And so they prayed, the earth was shaken, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, see, prayer, spirit, and they spoke the word of God boldly. So there's the doing. Did you see this pattern? Same thing in Gethsemane. Uh, Jesus prayed, the Spirit encouraged him, and then he was able to go to the cross. And one of your homework assignments in your fusion group is to think of different verses, to find different passages of Scripture where this pattern plays out. So, hey, there's a heads up for your fusion group. So, but as we look at this, I, I, I love this passage because, like, in, in Acts 4, most Bibles at 31, it just, like, stops there. But in the original, it didn't stop there. Of verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 32 goes on, and it says, and it says, after they prayed, they received the Spirit, and then they, they spoke boldly. Then all the believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. You see, it, even this generosity became a part of this. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection. Everybody knew Jesus was dead, right? They saw him executed, but they were declaring his resurrection of the Lord Jesus. God's grace was so powerful at work in them that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone that had need. So they prayed, the Spirit moved, they, they prophesied, and then they were just so generous that it changed people's lives. Man, I want, anybody else want that pattern in their life? Man, I want that pattern. And so what does this look like? What do these deeds look like? Well, what they are, see, our good deeds are actually samples of Jesus. Our good deeds are sampled that when people interact with us, it's like a sample of what Jesus could fully do in their life. So in our house, uh, the, my boys and I, what we like to do on some Saturdays is we like to go to what we call a sample Saturday at Sam's. Anybody ever? Anybody, can I get an amen on a free lunch, right? If you walk slow enough and you don't make eye contact, sometimes you can, you know, make a couple of loops and you get the sushi or you get the pretzel with whatever spread it has on it and little buffalo wings and you know, the V8 fruity juice to wash it down with, you know. And, of course, you're friendly to the person, right? Because, oh, yes, uh, tell me more about this, uh, this wonderful product. Oh, yes, I'll have another one. Thank you. Yes. And, and so you just, you know, you build this rapport and you eat free lunch and everybody just has a, a good time. You buy an 89-cent Coke to wash it all down. And it's just wonderful, right? What does the person tell you giving you the sample? What do they, what do they say? They say, oh, you like this? Well, you can get the whole thing on aisle 12, Right? See, that's what we're like. We're these samples of Jesus that when people sample our lives, when they interact with us, we then point them to, oh, you, you, you like that? Well, taste and see that the Lord is good, that our lives are samples to others of the goodness of God, goodness of God. Richard and Teresa, would you guys come up here just real quick? Uh, Richard and Teresa just arrived a couple of days ago uh, from South Africa. They went on behalf of the church, and, and they, uh, they opened up the training center that that we built down there, and, you know, they gave me a high five in the foyer because it's a tag team, and so I'm 
Uh, they're coming from South Africa. I'm going to South Africa. So, um, yeah, just they're going to share for a minute and then walk us through the pictures in just a minute, okay? And we're running a little short on time. So it's okay, but I just have to be at the airport in an hour and five minutes. So. Well, <laughs> well you go and I'll see. I'll just go. Okay, that'll work. <laughs> well, we were blessed to be able to go. And um, when we went to the training center, the people there were so loving. This is a 22-year project in the making when John and Diane Schober first planted a church there. So it was, I said last time, there was this older lady who was signed like the matriarch of the village who had been there in the beginning with John and Diane. She came up to Xavier and Richard and I, and she was saying, she was pointing to the old Redonda that they had the church in, which was really small. No. Well, over here, right there, with the little roof, that's where they had church before. And she's like, Pastor, she's like, oh, thank you, that's the old, and in, in, in the African, anyway. <laughs> and this is the new, and she was praising God and giving lovings on it. And it was like, when we do Mission Sunday, and we give money to that, and for the family that donated the money for this to happen, that right there was worth everything that we, we give. Because for her, she saw God's, God's hand in it because there was a bunch of stuff that's happened for this to be here. So it was a blessing for them to, to have this. Now they have a place where they can worship the Lord. They're going to do other things with it, turning into a daycare slash um, uh, school for the kids. So it's going to be a lot more than just a training center. And when the t- pastors from 18 churches, I think there's 18 churches around there, will come there, they can go out, they'll come there for training, and they'll go out and train other people. So the thousands of lives that's going to be tra- that's saved, that will get saved through this training center is just amazing. So, and then Richard has some other stuff to yeah, share about that. <clears throat> okay, that's where they started the church in that round dollar. And uh, go to the next one. This is the training center. As you can see, it's not completed, but pretty much completed, and they're very, very appreciative of that. And this is a really big deal here in this picture. This is Pastor Xavier, a com- commission, conservation uh, agent or man, and then that's the chief of the tribe. And it's up to the chief to determine who gets land. It's not like here in America where you can just go down and buy land. You go to him and say, can I have land for whatever purpose? And he'll decide. And, and they never come to you with the paperwork. You always got to go find them and then beg them to get it accomplished. But when they saw this completed and we were celebrating the opening of it, they brought the paperwork here because they knew it was a good thing for them and their tribe. And this, on the right, is uh, Tata Voya, and he was the one that owned the house that they started 20-some years ago. John, Pastor John, next to him, came to him and said, we'd like to have a, a crusade in your house, can we? And he said, my mother told me to always open the door to Jesus. So he just said yes, just like Pastor Jay was talking about. And then the chief there, his father, which was chief then, got saved, and his mother and him as a young man in that meeting. Then uh, Pastor Xavier, his connections with Jay and us, our church, 
when they wanted to build that, they t- asked uh, John and Xavier, well, build this for us. We need a place to, to worship. And they said, no, you pray to God. You start it. You do it. You pray to God and trust in him. And, and so they started with what little money they could raise and got the foundation started. And then God touched the church's heart clear on the other side of the world, stirred our hearts, and we went in and joined them and helped them. And now it's completed. Completed cycle, like Jay said. In 20-some years, it took, but it's done now. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's awesome. It's awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys. Thanks for going on our behalf. Can you guys thank the Lord for what he's done? Fantastic. Fantastic. This brings me to my final point. And our final point is that our good deeds should point to God, not to us. Amen. We, don't, we didn't do this like so Grace Church gets any credit. We did this for God to be glorified for God to be glorified. Matthew 5.14 says this, you are the light of the world. Turn to your neighbor and say, and say you are the light. So tell them to you are the light. You're the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Glorify your Father. So we're not saved. We don't, we don't, we, we, we're, not, we're not saved by our good works. We do good works because we're saved. We do it out of a, a place of being. We, we pray. We hear the Spirit. We obey Him. We just live life. We just be us. And all that we do points to Jesus and exalts Him in our life. Amen?